Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. Hi, everybody. My name is Christine, and I'm one of the members here at Start Church. And today we are going to be talking about how to grow finances for church and ministry. Joining us today is Mandy Rice, the Director of Bookkeeping here at Start Church. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mandy. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So we are so excited about today's topic. So we are just going to jump right in. Mm -hmm. So should churches and ministries create a budget? Well, Christine, yes, they should. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big shocker, I know. Um, yeah, so uh, well, a budget is really just a plan. You know, it's uh, it's making a financial plan for your organization. It's thinking through the things ahead of time um, that you expect to come and also kind of planning for the unexpected as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as we all know, making a plan is a good idea. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead, lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Poverty. Um, sounds serious. Right, I know. <laughs> and it, at times it can be. So, um, you know, that's that's just our kind of roadmap that the Bible lays out for us, advertising that uh, making a plan is a good idea. Also with that, and this one actually goes directly to financial planning, it says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And this goes for right. any project. I mean, you could literally be building a tower or a right. building um, and, uh, and have a building project coming up. And of course, that's a lot of exciting, you know, that's an exciting thing that a lot of churches plan yes. for. But really, it goes to anything, any mission that you're looking to accomplish, um, any project that you're looking to take on, you've got to sit down and count the cost before you go into that um, to in order to have the most wise approach to uh, taking on that task. Right. Um, the other thing is that it really is a necessary tool for growth. Um, one thing that I, uh, I like to think about, even in, you know, this is personal finances, church finances, if you don't tell your money what to do, you're going to wonder where it went. Right. Um, yeah. and And so, you know, to avoid the question, where did all this money go? Um, Then, you know, when you make a plan and you do your best to stick to that plan, it's just going to set you up for a good financial situation. Which is so good. And it's also, it falls in line with just being a good steward anyway. Absolutely. So all of those practical things. You know, and we call our donation donation tithe tracking software Kingdom Steward because it is. It's you're stewarding the money that God has blessed your organization with and um, and has entrusted you with. Um, so, you know, we, we named our, our pro- software program that, and we really tried to help churches live that through uh, helping them with their financial planning and everything as well. That's so cool, Mandy. And speaking of that, Kingdom Steward is available to purchase at startchurch.com. Again, that is S-T-A-R-T-C-H-U-R-C-H.com. Or you can call us at 844 844- Six seven six zero four seven four. It's a powerful, easy to use tool that's intuitive for any size church to use. So, Mandy, what's another advantage to laying out a budget? 
The other advantage with um, laying out a, a plan, laying out a budget, is that it really does provide protection for the board of directors. You know, for the most mm -hmm. part, members of the board of directors are really good people who are really trying to drive the um, the church forward. And having a budget in place and having them or a financial committee and then their approval, you know, think through these things is uh, is really uh, beneficial. It provides kind of a, a frontline defense, if you will, um, for the board uh, because it shows very cl clearly, very plainly, this is something we've thought through. We're not being cavalier about the money that we receive and the plan that we have for it. Um, and it, uh, a proper budget is going to demonstrate the avoidance of private private inurement. So private inurement mm -hmm. is a real big phrase in the nonprofit world and, and in the IRS world where, where nonprofit code is concerned. Basically, the IRS just says, hey, if you're going to be a nonprofit, then your money is meant for public benefit. It is not meant to benefit a private person. Mm -hmm. um, and that inurement is that term that they use for that. So when you put a budget in place, obviously you're not going to have a private inurement category. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a red flag. Um, so if, uh, you know, when you put that budget in place, you're going to give a, a mission to every dollar that you expect to come in. Um, and uh, and that is, of course, going to be things that will benefit the public and uh, really further your nonprofit purpose. Um, and it really just shows where your priorities are. Um, yeah. You know, some organizations are going to de develop a budget that has a, a really big missions um, focus because that's what their church is called to. And others are going to have really good, um, you know, really hefty funds going into uh, local ministries like soup kitchens and, and uh, you know, assistance for schools and children's programs and all of those things. So, you know, the old adage, put your money where your mouth is. This is just a plan of, uh, you know, really putting that documentation down on this is what our church or our ministry is going to focus on because this is what matters to us. So therefore, we're going to designate the funds to that um, to that area and, and make sure that it goes where um, where our vision is calling us to. I love that. And I love the phrase you just used, a mission to every dollar. That puts so much purpose to literally the cents count. Every bit counts. And Absolutely. I just loved that. I wanted to highlight that because I was like, if we were in person, I'm writing it down. You've paper. got your yellow highlighter, Highlight. right? Yes. <laughs> That's so good. Very good. And so let's jump into our next question. So say I'm a pastor or a ministry leader. How can I create a budget for my church or ministry? And then the key, stick with it. That is a really great question, Christine. Um, you know, it really is only half of the equation. The budget is the plan, and then um, the action is the fulfillment. The documentation is, uh, is you know, kind of the third like the step. Exactly, exactly. So, And that's where having a really good system of accountability comes into play, um, making sure that you have the resources to develop financial reports that can be reviewed, ideally, every month, um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, going into some of, of those uh, different types of reporting is really helpful as well. So the ones that we focus in, you know, I'm the director of the bookkeeping department. Wow. Um, and so every single month we uh, provide all of our customers with two key industry reports. Um, those are the statement of activity, which that is going to be the nonprofit equivalent of the profit and loss sheet. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and what it does is it really just labels every single category that, um, you know, that funds were spent in or came into that, that month. Um, and then the other one is the um, statement of um, financial position. 
That's mm -hmm. going to be the nonprofit equivalent of the balance sheet. So that's going to give you the state of the assets, the liabilities of the organization, bank balances, that sort of thing. Um, so those are the, the kind of the key fundamental reports that go on top of that. Um, or that, uh, you know, the key fundamental reports that every organization should keep a really good pulse on. Yeah. In addition to that, we see a lot of success with organizations who opt to run a budget versus actual report. So mm -hmm. the software that we use allows us to go ahead and load in the budget that the church or ministry has created. And then um, we can actually run a, uh, so this is what you planned, you know, your budget, and this is what you actually spent. And mm -hmm. um, of course the ideal is that they would line up pretty closely. And um, and if they're not lining up closely, then um, you can see, oh, we really do spend a lot more in administrative costs than we had planned for. Let's adjust for that. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so you can adjust your budget going forward according to the findings on those reports. So um, there's really three very important steps. Make the budget, uh, put um, you know, policies and procedures in place to uh, stick to the budget in practice, mm -hmm. and then um, observe, uh, run reports, have documentation so that you can look at what has actually been happening and line it up against what the plan was. Right. And that also serves as a point of accountability as well. So, Absolutely. Is a huge deal in keeping with a budget. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so okay. and then, you know, we talked a lot about making a plan, executing the plan, and then reviewing the plan. And and really, that's what me and my department are here for. Um, I've got an entire team of bookkeepers who are just ready to go, ready to serve. We, we love serving our ministers. We love being able to take this task off of their hands. The actual documentation of this is typically not a pastor's calling. That's actually <laughs> not what pastors love to do is sit down and crunch numbers most of the time. Um, and we do. We, you know, we are self-proclaimed nerds and we love taking care of these things um, on behalf of pastors. So um, when you are looking for a, a solution for, um, you know, for getting your books taken care of, uh, the things that we have to offer is you're going to have a personal bookkeeper. You're going to have someone walking through these things with you. We've had so much feedback, even in just the last couple of weeks, where people have gone out of their way to say, hey, I really feel like Kenise, one of our bookkeepers, is a member of my team. Or, her. you know, Joanne, she just feels like, it feels like she's in the meetings with she's us. You so know, great. those sorts yeah. of things. So we love hearing that. We really consider ourselves part of your team. Um, and we love partnering with you in it. Um, we're also invested. You know, we're invested yeah. in in the success of your um, uh, of, of your endeavors in in this area. So you're going to have someone who's really committed to not only just putting together the information, but whenever it's possible, whenever they can, they're going to point things out to you um, and and you know remind you of different areas that might be helpful for you to be aware of. It really helps that we have an entire team of consultants, literally one day one door over as well right. yes. um, because we're able to look at the finances not only from a financial compliance perspective but also just a general IRS nonprofit compliance perspective right and uh, and we tackle those things all the time. You know, we, we see something that uh, we'll go ahead and, and knock on the door right next to us and say, hey, what do you think the IRS would say about this? And um, it's nothing that would throw up a red flag on a, uh, you know, on a regular financial report. But as far as just um, looking at the compliance perspective on a general broad sense, uh, you know, we yes. have that ability too. So anyone who wants to uh, look into that service and what we might be able to do for you, we serve organizations of all shapes and 
and sizes, ministries, churches, um, even non-religious nonprofits, if, you know, sometimes CDCs or mm -hmm. um, yeah. other organizations like that. And uh, the number that can be called is 877-494-4655. Um, and we'd be happy to have one of our um, specialists talk to you about what your options and what that could look like. I love the bookkeeping team. They are one of my absolute favorite groups. You guys are so much fun. <laughs> so we are the rowdiest group of bookkeepers you'd ever expect to see. It's <laughs> so much fun. And you guys are also such an incredible resource. Like who doesn't want an IRS compliant bookkeeper in their church's back pocket? Exactly, you know, how exactly. helpful is that? And so on that, because I know, I know you guys, and I know with all the clients you guys serve, you guys get quite a good bit of questions. One of the most popular questions I notice you guys get a lot is about credit mm -hmm. and credit cards and how's that beneficial for a church and all that kind of stuff. So the leading question to that is how can churches and ministries know if establishing credit is right or wrong? for them? Well, that's actually a really, really good question. And honestly, it's one that a lot of organizations don't ask themselves before mm. they get themselves into a credit scenario. So it's really, really good to think about. And and on that note, the most important thing is to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's something that unless you have a respect respectful and respectable fear um, going into that situation, knowing that you are, um, you know, you're getting your ministry into a situation where it is indebting itself to another party. Um, and that's not something to take lightly. Right. Um, so that would be the number one thing. Don't take it lightly. Take it very seriously. Um, and there's actually a, a verse on that too. It's in Psalms 37, 21, and it says, the wicked borrow and do not repay wicked that I mean that is the term that's used there that is serious <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, it's a heavy statement and it really, I, I, I mean, I believe that the Bible is worded very specifically and, you right. know, um, it's, uh, it is to communicate the seriousness of, uh, of this type of arrangement. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are healthy credit card um, practices, you know, there, right. there is a good way to do it. We just need to make sure that those steps are being taken to go ahead and make sure that a healthy situation exists. Um, and know that, you know, whenever you're evaluating your organization, um, it's okay to, to just decide that it's not for you right now. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of our pastors wear a lot of hats yes. and, um, acknowledging that, uh, you know, so many responsibilities can eat up, you know, a lot of time and, and, uh, and just headspace, you know, just time to, to think and remember all of the deadlines and, and that sort of thing. So it really is okay for an organization to say, you know what, that might be something we do down the road, but it's not right for us right now. And right. there are credit card alternatives too. Um, there are programs programs out there where you can even get um like a, a system where everyone who spends money within your organization, maybe the children's pastor and the worship minister, um, and those people who just need to incur expenses regularly, um, they can have preloaded cards where someone goes in who, you know, the pastor or whoever's managing the finances and says, okay, it's in the budget for $100 to be spent on children's ministry this month. I'm going to go ahead and preload that card in. And there's no ability to go over that amount. Mm -hmm. um, so the budget is enforced just by nature of the situation. Um, and uh, so there are alternatives. Now, if you do decide that credit is right for you, then there are a lot of benefits that it can, you know, provide you. Credit uh, and building good credit can be a really good 
good tool. Um, it can open a lot of doors to your organization. Now, most of those doors do open to the opportunity for more debt, um, when, you know, which yeah. is something to take to take seriously as well. Um, but a, a lot of the times, taking on those uh, those those debts like a mortgage or, you know, like those things that would really improve the um, ability to grow and, um, you know, just having a physical space or a vehicle maybe where you can go and, and go to the people that need help in your community. Um, so there are definite advantages to having a good credit situation. Um, it does take extreme diligence. So it, uh, you know, it, you need to really commit yourself to never missing that you know, the, those payments and and um, possibly paying off things early and and that sort of thing um, and uh, and then again going back to if you do decide that it's not right for you there are manual writing manual underwriting options as well um, so you know a lot of people don't know that if you want to take out a mortgage for your organization um, there there are man manual underwriting options um, it is more rare. You're going to have to work to find a financial institution that will work with you. Um, and then once they do decide to work with you, typically you're going to have to provide a lot of evidence. Basically, right. they're going out <laughs> on a limb saying, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and lend to you or attempt to lend to you, but you need to prove that you're in a good situation to do that. And financial reports are the primary way that that's going to be accomplished. Usually they're required, whether it's manual underwriting or typical underwriting based on credit, stores, credit score. Um, but, uh, but, you know, either way, you're going to have to have good documentation in place. Right. And then just to throw this in there, because you were saying, talking through all these details and that, you know, debt is heavy. Mm -hmm. debt, debt is a big responsibility. And a mentor of mine from a previous church I was working at, he said an incredible phrase that has always stuck with me mm -hmm. is that you are a slave to your debtor. So mm -hmm. pick your master well. Yes, yes. Which there are some really awesome quote unquote masters out there that will partner with your church mm -hmm. and ministry as you're building credit and things. It's just up to us, due diligent to do our part and then also pick our creditors Absolutely. well. Absolutely. That's a really, really good point. I'm going to put that in the bank to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Another section to highlight. Exactly. <laughs> if exactly. you're taking notes. <laughs> So perfect. So jumping into our next question. So let's say a church or a ministry wanted to build credit. So they've decided they want to do that. How would they go about building the credit? Well, there's a couple of different ways, actually. And um, a lot of organizations don't know that you can register your church with one of the four major, major credit bureaus for businesses. Um, so a lot of people don't know that that's something that you can start the process on. You can actually go to those organizations and register your organization, the, your um, your church for the, those credit bureaus. Um, and those are Dun & Bradsheet, Experian Business, Equifax Business and TransUnion. Those are the four crediting agencies, credit reporting agencies um, that apply to organizations like churches and ministries. And the other thing is whenever you do, so let's say you go ahead and register um, and then you're looking to, to get into a situation that involves credit, you want to select a vendor that does report. Not all of them do. Um, and that's another thing that's little known is that, you know, you feel like if you open up a credit card with Home Depot or some, I don't have any experience with Home 
Home Depot itself. But, um, you know, let's say you decide to open up a credit card um, and then you find out that they don't even report to it, to the, you know, the one that you registered with or they don't report at all. Um, well, that's not going to help your situation at right. all. So do a little bit of research and figure out which organizations or which vendors um, are going to be the ones that will drive forward the, the journey that you're looking to go on. Um, and then the other way is applying for a church credit card. This one's pretty straightforward. Um, a good place to start is just at the bank that you hold accounts with. Um, I would encourage you to shop around beyond that because there are different programs and other banks that have um, incentives that may work a little bit better for you. Consider the rewards program. If your organization travels a lot, then you might want a really good travel rewards program. Um, if if cash back would be better for you, it just makes more sense, then you know, go with something like that. So look at different options that you have. Um, also consider the, um, the fees that come along with those. You want one that has reduced fees or some might even waive fees for nonprofits. So mm -hmm. be sure to ask those questions. Um, annual fees are a big thing. Some are going to be small, some are going to have none, some are going to have huge ones. Um, and like I said, some will waive it altogether because of your nonprofit status. Um, so consider those things. Now, once you get there, so you've applied for your credit card, you've obtained it, um, then do not miss a payment. Um, oh, it's so very important. You're trying to build your credit, not damage it. So make sure that you do not miss a payment. And um, when it comes to spending in general, the first, um, right when the credit card is obtained, you're probably going to have a pretty small limit um, for, uh, for, I'm trying to remember back. I know when I personally applied for a credit card, I think it was like three months of good payments and then they skyrocketed my limit. Um, so usually it's going to start small and then when you have a good payment history, they're going to up that. Um, no matter what your credit card limit is, um, stay within reason. Do not exceed your budget just because you've got 10000 or 15000 or however much available to you through credit. Um, and then another kind of general rule that you can use this, of course, is different for every organization, but as a generality, we're not going to want to take it, um, more than 25% of the limit that exists within a given month. Um, so if there is a $10,000 limit on the credit card, typically putting more than $25,000 on that credit card in a given month is going to be inadvisable. Um, right. We kind of want to put a self cap on that um, and, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, that just kind of gives you a good starting point for generally good practices for, for your credit card. Um, and some organizations go so far as to completely pay off their credit card every single month. It's a great idea. It still gives you the benefit of, um, you know, having and using credit and, and moving forward your credit score, but it is not going to result in any interest charges or other charges like that. Now, the other thing to consider whenever you're opening up a credit card is that you really need to have a credit card use policy in place. Um, so this is going to mandate how the card can be used. Um, it's necessary whenever you yes, have a budget for the church. Definitely. It really, really is because basically you're going to set your own rules saying, hey, our use policy says that we are not going to exceed the budget. Um, and then uh, no personal expenses. Christine. <laughs> emphasis. I'm going to say it again. No personal expenses. Okay. Mistakes happen. You're in the store, you pull out the wrong card. As soon as it happens, reverse it, 
do it to the penny. Um, sometimes, you know, a, a customer or a, a, um, a pastor will be at the store and they'll accidentally use the credit card when they're buying some Nikes or, you know. Um, and so the charge for $69.93 will show up on, on the church credit card statement. As soon as you become aware of it, have the pastor write a check or, you know, somehow get money to the church for $69.93. It really helps for bookkeeping purposes for that number to be exact so we can show exactly where the mistake happened and then where it was reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, outside of, of accidents happen, happening, we actually see it more often than you would think where it becomes a habit of mixing um, business or church expenses, ministry expenses with personal expenses. This is not your credit card. It cannot be treated as such. Um, so please, please make sure that your credit use policy states that no personal expenses will be uh, will be incurred on the credit card. And you may want to go ahead and put in practice the um, the procedure for reversing them if an accidental charge exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really, really good idea to have that. Um, the other thing is uh, spending limits. So this is something that you can actually do with some credit cards. You can have a technical limit put like use technology to apply a limit um, so that you physically can't swipe anymore once that limit has been hit even though it's not like a card declined situation it's just the limit that you set for yourself has been hit Um, so that's going to be something that you may want to build into your credit use policy I know some people actually build in that they will not obtain a credit card unless it has that ability Um, so that's another kind of process in the selection um, phase where you can use that to see if, if your uh, the the credit card company that you're looking to go with is a good match for you or not. Um, and then make sure that there are strict reporting requirements. Receipts, receipts, receipts. Um, <laughs> I encourage all of our organizations to have something, just about everybody has a smartphone nowadays, and there's so many solutions for documenting receipts right as they happen. Um, if the vendor has uh, an option to email the receipt, like sometimes they'll say, do you want to print or do you want to print and email? Have it emailed to the church. Um, you know, that would be great. Super or easy. just, e- you know, emailed to their personal account and then forward it on to the church. That's a great way to do it. Um, otherwise, I personally use an app on my phone that it acts like a scanner. It doesn't take photos. It takes scan quality images. And then you can, you know, kind of sort them and save them within the app as well. And that's really, really helpful. Um, there's also um, different budgeting softwares have apps that load the receipts directly into the software itself. Um, and then that actually, it can kind of recognize expenses and suggest categories and all kinds of fancy stuff. So um, if you're not going to go the old-fashioned receipt in the shoebox method, um, Mm -hmm. then go with something a little fancier that's going to allow you to go ahead and and have that documentation happen right away. Now, the danger here is that if you fail to provide a receipt, there's a good chance that that expense is going to have to be counted as personal income because we don't have documentation that it was a legitimate expense. And we have had to do that before. We have had to, you know... Um, categorize something to the personal expense of that individual rather than a ministry expense because of the lack of documentation. Um, So definitely have that written into the credit use policy as well. That is such helpful information because I know, and it's so unintentional, but so many churches, so many pastors just accidentally find themselves in such 
compromising scenarios with all that just because of all the rules and parameters and things. So that is such helpful information. So Mandy, thank you for that. Actually. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's true. You know, we, and, and a lot of the times when we see this is when um, people haven't had a system in place before, where this is the first time that they're really taking a good look at their finances and they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. You know, they really right. just don't even realize some things that accidentally got set up on uh, like a subscription basis that are just taken every single month that you completely forgot that you used the wrong credit card six months ago whenever you established the, uh, you know, the the subscription. So um, it's, uh, it's something we run into. We really help a lot of pastors walk through getting those things separated back out and, uh, you know, taking whatever action we can to correct as much as what has already happened and definitely correcting practices going forward. Yeah. That's amazing. So with all of that, we have incredible resources, our amazing bookkeeping team. And then we also have what is called the Capital Suite. So our credit applet located again in the Capital Suite will help deepen your understanding. The credit applet is a financial guide to understanding how to leverage you and your church's position into one of prosperity. And also, Christine, you know, the, the credit card use policy that I was just referring to, as well as lots of other policies, um, policies having to do with really every part of your church, but definitely some for the financial um, side of things, is located within our policy suite, um, which is also right alongside the capital suite in our Start Church cloud. So it's really, really easy to get to. Yes. Um, you know, you, you go ahead and, and purchase the suite, and then you have instant uh, availability to it. It's available on, on a small smartphones and, uh, you know, just right there on the web um, with, uh, with access to that uh, resource. That's awesome. Yep. That's incredible. So Mandy, thank you again so much for being on the podcast today and for sharing this incredible information. Oh yeah. It's absolutely my pleasure. Anytime that I can help churches get a little bit better uh, hand on their finances, it's, it's a joy for me. Absolutely. That's so great. And if you're joining us today, we hope that this has been so helpful. If you have any further questions or if you'd like to provide us with feedback, feel free to email us at podcast at startchurch.com. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.